You're listening to the Monumental Me Mindshare Podcast. We're collecting stories and having conversations with real people who inspire us to thrive in life. Thinkers and doers and people like you. This is Liana Slater from Monumental Me. Today, I'm speaking with Emily Berheide. Emily is a talent discovery specialist, a parent coach, and a natural-born positive psychologist, except her master's is in occupational therapy. Well, if you're not looking for parenting solutions or you don't have a child in need, you're in the right place. Listen to this invaluable conversation because Emily helps people discover their true potential and how to find and incorporate joy into their everyday lives. She's currently working on a book on that very topic. And joy inevitably leads to personal and professional success. So find some space for yourself and listen to this conversation to help you tap into and maintain your joy. Thanks for listening. Joy makes everyday things better. Like our life is made up of moments, moment by moment. We can miss those moments in a blink. But if we're really focused and tuned into joy from the from the beginning of the day, bringing our awareness to joy. And the thing is, is joy can help us so much when we get tripped up. Because like you said, Liana, there's roadblocks, there's stuff that happens in a day. But if your set point is joy, if that's what your priority is, if that's what you really want to focus on and you work to return to that, it can just help be a constant guide. It's like your GPS guide. Am I on track or am I off track? And of course it doesn't have to be there all the time. That's not natural or normal, but just the fact that we bring this into a focus and shine the light more on being joyful and finding joy, I think is so valuable, especially during these times. Joy is linked to success. It really is connected to success in life. Emily, welcome. Thank you, Liana. Happy to be here. So happy to have you. I want to talk about the work that you do helping people to find joy and to really thrive in their life. And you've been doing this for so long. These are uncertain times that we are living in right now. We face constant change. And it is just something that people need to focus on is staying healthy and feeling really well in their lives. And I feel like you are such an expert in in this field. So I would love to kick this off. If you can just tell us a little bit about what you do and really how you've come to focus on helping people to find joy in what they do. Yes, Liana. Thank you. So for my work, I'm a talent discovery specialist and a parent coach, and my passion is really helping people discover their true potential. I have this belief that inside of every human being, there's a gift and something that wants to be naturally expressed. And when we tune in and tap into that, then we have joy in our lives, in our world, in our work. And... I work with a wide spectrum of people, generally youth and people who have disabilities, kids who don't have disabilities. And so that's just a source of joy for me to work with youth to find and discover and see that talent within themselves, which often gets lost and unseen for themselves and for even those outside of them to, to see that natural potential inside of ourselves and inside of youth. 
I love it. And I think that your extensive work that you've done with youth, you are already starting to transition into working with parents, but obviously it all translates to adults as well, which is what I grabbed you. And I said, I want you to talk about what you're doing with in the field of joy because it's applicable to everybody, right? Yes, absolutely. Everybody. <laughs> so you're writing a book, if I can share yeah. that. Well, tell us about the topic of your book and really what led you to start this project. Sure. So the book project. So the topic of the book is it's really like a journal, like my journaling, sharing my parenting journey and my experience with my own children and how to keep returning to joy and how to keep seeing them in the the beautiful light of how I want to see my kids. And as you know, as a parent, Liana, and all those parents out there, that can be challenging and difficult because things come up, they go through stuff. And my belief is that if we if we continue to see our children and the, shine the light on their potential, shine the light who they really, really are inside. And so this journey started last year when I decided to homeschool my son <laughs> because I knew that he would never make it in remote schooling. So I began this journey and I realized, oh my God, this is, first of all, it's overwhelming and terrifying <laughs> and, you know, brings up a lot of fear because it's my responsibility, right? To educate my son. What if I fail? What if I mess this up? So Joy was really my touchstone in that process because I had to keep coming back to it every day to guide me. And what I realized was if I woke up, meditated, got clear, and then started journaling and writing, like how I wanted to create the day and how I was going to come from joy in being with my son. You know, here I have this precious year to be with him and to have this whole experience that is like once in a lifetime. So that's kind of how it got started. So you were homeschooling your son and you started to journal because as you just mentioned, this is a very difficult process and it brought up fear and you decided to find kind of the positives that came out of this and, and the joy in, in being with your child and homeschooling him. Yes, exactly, Liana, because there's nothing like living what you're teaching, right? right. <laughs> So I have all these beliefs and all my work is about, I talk to parents and I talk in schools and I talk with kids, you know, so focus on your interests, follow what gives you joy, follow your passions. And so, and I believe learning happens that way. You know, when we follow our interests and our passions, kids can learn. And so I wanted my ed the educational experience to be like that for my son, but then in real life, trying to do it <laughs> is a whole other story. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But you did it. You survived. Learned yes. a lot. And that's really what I started writing about was sort of the processes that I used to return to joy and return to seeing my son in a positive light. So yes, that's what started the journey of the book. Excellent. Okay. And so there's two things that I think are so fascinating here. So one thing is your expertise from your previous work and the work you did with your son and is that talent discovery, that you're a talent discovery specialist. So I love that. You've always had such a positive attitude. You work in your occupational therapist hat. You've worked with children who've had like real delays, right? So mental and physical delays. But then also in every child, you just have always had this attitude, like something that's like, it's difficult. 
is actually an opportunity. So if you could talk a little bit more just about that bit, and then I want to come back to the joy, is how you are identifying talent and the positive in, in people, in all people. Yeah. So so first of all, I think it's what's naturally there. And I think as a society, we just tend to get caught up in worry. And we tend to start worrying on, about what's wrong and finding what's wrong. And it's so easy to do that as a parent because we're in your work because we're surrounded by those messages all day long. You know, in school, our kids, we hear from our te kids' teachers. And, you know, at home, we're hearing from family and friends and everyone's got an opinion. And it seems like the majority of the focus is on what's wrong and, and how to fix it. So I wanted to create a paradigm shift um, in how our society is relating to kids and ourselves. Like, what if there was nothing to fix or change about our own selves or our children? Like, what if they were perfect just the way they are? And that comes with a whole baggage of lots of variety of how kids are. But a lot of it, the kids that I work with are rebelling from people trying to change them. You know, schools saying sit down when really their bodies want to move and be active. And that's a that's one of their talents. So when I'm working with kids and, and families in schools, I'm looking at like, well, what's the talent? What is this kid drawn to? Who are they naturally? Let's not suppress that. Let's not squelch that natural desire to move and be in action. Let's see how we can create opportunities for that and give them access because that may just be what their future is going to be all about. Right. And I love that. And that aligns so well with what we do at Monumental Me and on this Mindshare podcast, we focus on uncovering your strengths and leveraging your strengths. So this is very similar, if not the same. Yeah, is absolutely. Right. And uh, don't look at these things as a weakness. It's identifying your strengths and leveraging that. Well, I think, and one of the stories that I love is a young woman who was considered to have by all diagnoses standards, she was considered to be severely intellectually and physically impaired, disabled. So I was working with her and her teachers and her team, and I asked everyone to think from a lens of gift. I really said, you know, what is Rachel's gift? And everyone had the same response. They just said, Rachel is naturally beautiful. It's, it's She just is. And from that insight that no one had really thought about came this whole idea of, well, what if Rachel could do some modeling? And it turns out Rachel isn't able to speak verbally. She communicates through her facial expressions and her body. But the thing that we discovered was she is so, was so lit up when she was made up beautifully and her mother said she loves to get dressed up. She's always loved that. She's always lo loved to look pretty. And we got a professional photographer in who did modeling shots with her. And the results were stunning. She looked like she could be on the cover of Vogue magazine. And she, it was, she was natural. She posed naturally. It was all her natural being in her element. And the photographer said, for a typical model, it would take me days to get these kind of shots. But she, but Rachel, it was so natural. And her mind wasn't in the way of trying to do it right. That's what gets trips us a lot of times, you know, our mind trying to do it right versus just being. And she was an expert at just being her beautiful, beautiful self. 
And so that led into a whole future of opportunity for her to do some modeling, which was un unheard of before the, we started that conversation of looking through the lens of, of gifts and talents. Yeah. And just naturally not having those blocks, thinking of roadblocks that of what you yeah. just described, it could take days for somebody else who just their mind gets in the way. And Rachel just had this natural gift to do that. So that, that's very right. cool. Okay. So, um, so that just gives us a sense of, of people you've worked with in the past and finding their strengths and just your, your natural gift of always being able to do that. We've been best friends for forever. I've always said like, Emily, you just have this gift of, you know, you're just positive. You make people feel really warm, really good, and you bring out the best in people. And that's, a, that's a natural thing. I think you were born with that, but you also cultivate that, which is, which is wonderful. And all of that makes you so well qualified for what you're doing now. And if we could circle back to your you're thinking and you're writing about joy. So joy, let's talk about that a little bit more. And first of all, if you could just give us your um, view on why you think joy is just so important in life right now. Yes, thank you, Liana. So I think joy just makes everything better. <laughs> I mean, literally, if I set myself up to be in a good space and then I ask my daughter, my 12-year-old daughter who doesn't want to do much of anything these days with me <laughs> to go, but one thing she loves is grocery shopping. And if I'm in this fun, good, happy, joyful space, I tell you what, grocery shopping with my daughter can be the best experience because <laughs> it's just so much fun. There's so many things she wants and it's like fun to go back and forth with her and then get things that make her really happy and she loves and that I wouldn't normally buy. And so, so for one, I just think joy makes like everyday things better. Like, because our life is made up of moments, moment by moment by moment. And, and we can miss those moments in a blink. But if we're really focused and in, tuned into joy from the get-go, from the beginning of the day, bringing our awareness to joy. And the thing is, is joy can help us so much when we get tripped up. Because obviously, there, like you said, Liana, there's roadblocks, there's stuff that happens, right, in a day. But if your set point is joy, if that's what your priority is, if that's what you really want to focus on, and you work to return to that, it can just help be a constant guide. It's like it's like your GPS guide, guiding light. Am I on track or am I off track, you know? And, and of course, it doesn't have to be there all the time. That's not natural or normal. It's not going to be. But just the fact that we bring this into a focus and shine the light more on being joyful and finding joy, I think is so valuable, and especially during these times, like you said, Liana. Yeah. So that's such an important point. So if you have that as your baseline, <laughs> as your starting point, things are so much easier to handle. Yes. So just the yeah, constant uncertainty and change and, and you know, from the big news out there that we hear on the news all the time to your day to day with your kids who are challenging or your partner or your work yeah. or anything like that. So yeah. yes. Okay. So, so great. So there are clear benefits to, you know, cultivating joy. And I, and that word right there, I think is what I want to touch on next. It's a, it's a, a practice. It needs to be cultivated and practiced, yeah. right? So how yeah. do you start this journey of, cause it's hard to wake up one day, I'm just going to be happier, but how have you cultivated joy and, and how do you think about that? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Liana. And I think you just said it so well about it is a practice. And I don't think it's something that people typically think of as a practice. I think people think about, oh, yoga is a practice, running's a practice, meditating, jogging, you know, 
whatever it is, those are things that people think, yeah, that's a practice. But I think we've got to start thinking about joy as being a practice because it really does. It takes training your mind over and over and over to return to what there is to appreciate in life because there's so much no matter what like i walked out this morning and i looked at the daffodils that are blooming in my backyard and my prasicia that i adore like that bright yellow blossoms and it's just right there joy you know but we can get caught up in our day-to-day lives and miss those things unless we're really training our brain to like because our brains are a mechanism and they're going to go to whatever is most familiar. And often for us, especially these days, worry is right there for us. And so instead of that being the immediate place our minds go, like what if we could really train our mind that we are most natural places to go look for something for joy? So so that is one thing. Uh, make it a practice. I think the other thing is you really have to convince yourself that it's important enough <laughs> Because joy gets kind of brushed off. Oh, joy, joy, whatever. I'll I'll feel joy on the weekend or whatever, or when I get that job or whatever. But so it gets brushed off, but it's so powerful. And so I think convincing yourself that it to make it a priority that actually matters and and seeing how it can contribute to the rest of your life is another another part uh, of it. Yeah. Yeah. And and contribute to the rest of your life in things for you, but for work too, because I, I know you've also mentioned in the past, like it has such an uplifting effect on other people. And that again, that could be with your family or your partner, but even at work. So joy is linked to success. That's how I think of it. it no, it is. Yeah. It really, really is. Yeah. So yep. yeah, when you think about there has to be, it has to be made a priority. It's important. I think I just want to point out like, okay, you can say like, sure, I'll be happier. My kids will be happier. My partner will be happier. But I think it really is connected to success in life too. Yeah. I can, I can actually give you an example of that in my own work. So when COVID started, I was asked to lead some parent calls, parent sessions on kind of reframing being home with your kids, <laughs> like more as a discovery time, like this opportunity to be all together. Yay. But, but anyway, through these conversations, I realized it. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It gave me joy. So, so from that, I thought, okay, what else could I like? I had joy as my GPS, right? Like, well, what else could I do like this? And so then I created, I thought of like, I'd love to lead a class on this. I'd love to lead a class on tuning into your child's natural talents. So I created a four-week class. I got hired to do that. And then from that class, which I found I really, really enjoyed and loved, then I started my coaching business with parents. And so it was sort of like, joy guided that whole process because I kept tuning into, well, I really enjoyed that. What more could I do with that? And so I think when it guides your work, like when you actually are asking, does this give me joy or what does give me joy? That it can really be a guide for us to, instead of just doing the things we think we should or have to do at work, like figuring out in your work, what really lights you up? And could I ask, you know, could, could you ask your boss, like, could I do more of that? Maybe that's your thing. Maybe that's your talent. I think the more workplaces are tuning into their employees' natural talents and leveraging those and using those, 
and people are going to be lit up, happy about their work, doing what they love and what they're naturally good at. And business is going to thrive and be so much more effective the more that model takes off, which I've seen it starting to take off, where people are focusing more on what someone's really good at and get instead of saying you have to do all of it. No, you can do this part. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Companies have finally found the value in that. And there's plenty of research behind kind of the strengths training, which again, yes, to, to use that lingo, but you naturally have known this for a long time. <laughs> and yeah. that's exactly what we need to do. And that's why I like what you're doing, because it's taking the individual into that journey. And, and what you're talking about, it's easy for people to relate to that they can do this themselves. So people who don't have access to management training in a big company, they can figure out how they can you know, change the way that they're thinking. And I love how you said using joy as a GPS. Yeah, I love that. So yeah, so and you just mentioned, you know, some very concrete ways to do this, doing things that you love, but even like, so when you talk to, or do you talk to people who still like, just don't even know where to start? Like, what would you say, in this parenting group, maybe? Like, where do you start? Well, I think, first of all, having be wherever you are is is okay is is perfect actually like not feeling like you should be somewhere else that you're not yes. because we are where we are and yep. and and there's, there's nothing wrong with anywhere that you are we go through different spaces in life and different emotions and so just allowing that to be okay i think is huge so almost someone just relaxing into it's okay where I am. It's okay where I'm in with my children. It's okay where I am with my work and just allowing ourselves, like letting ourselves off the hook, giving ourselves permission just to relax and just to be and not to be somewhere else or supposed to be some way other than what we are. I think that is really the key foundation of it because you got to just be okay with where you are. That's a great so, start. Yep. Yeah, that's so I think when you ask where do you start, like that's that's really my starting point. You know, that nothing's gone wrong here. It's it's all is well. You are where you are and and if you have a desire, if you have an intention to really develop a practice to develop to to want to experience this more in your life, then you every human being has access to this. I recently watched a film by the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Tutu. <laughs> it's called Mission Joy and How to Have Happiness During Troubling Times. And I just found it so inspiring. Those two leaders, you know, are really talking about the value of happiness and joy in our world and in their work. These leaders that are dealing with, you know, big things and they're, they're bringing that to the forefront of importance. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely add a link in the, the bio um, of the podcast the information yeah. section because that, that's great and inspiration is important. Um, so you can see it from world-renowned leaders like that, but then also working things into your day-to-day, -day, which, which you also do with, with your morning walks and enjoying nature, or it could be anything. Your yeah. dog. <laughs> I know you yeah, that's right. Your dog sailor. Yes, <laughs> me yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And just before this podcast, when he we recorded, he's barking and you just pop right up and got him on your lap like that. There's an opportunity there, too, because now you have a lap dog while we're talking. I know. He's <laughs> at my feet right now. And I love it. Like, right. I feel him on my foot and it feels right. so good. <laughs> so those are all the good things. Yes, yes. No, I, I love that. But this isn't just like, you know, unimportant life details. These are all these little things add up and, and they're really important. And another link I'm actually going to add in the notes is a book that I just finished that I'm going to send to you called The Joy of Small 
Small Things by Hannah mm. Jane Parkinson. And she's a journalist. So she has a column in The Guardian in the UK. And it's just, I love it. It's literally like a bus ride, finding joy in a bus ride or finding joy in a conversation with a stranger or different things like that. And she made me think of you too, Emily, just like, okay, okay. it's not, you can be delayed on a bus, but let's find joy in that. And let's talk to the stranger next to us and something good right. come out of that. So you know, so, I'm good at that. <laughs> you are. That's another thing that you do. That's another thing you do. You talk to everybody. Um, <laughs> even if it's a checkout person, you know, at, at the grocery store you just mentioned, you you connect with them and you make their day. So yes, it is it is such a natural thing that you have in you. And that's why I'm so excited that you're putting this to paper. You're you're writing this book. And I just it's not published yet, but I will absolutely share that with the world when it when it comes out. And if you want to tell us anything more, you know, just to, to finalize any thoughts. On, on your book, how has that process been? And, and is, is, that must be a journey in itself, just trying to you know lay this all out for, for other people to understand. Yeah, it really is. That's a great question. And talk about roadblocks. There's plenty of roadblocks there because <laughs> it's an interesting experience for everyone, anyone that's written a book or, or was thinking about it. I mean, you're, you're kind of putting your heart and soul out there to the world. And if if my mind goes to what are other people going to think? Are are they going to like this? Is this worth it? Like, does this matter? You know, all those thoughts that come are not going to take me in the direction I want to go in. <laughs> and so what I really find is giving myself plenty of space. And I said from the beginning of this project, it's about joy. Why else am I writing this? If, if this isn't fun, if this isn't giving me joy, I'm not going to do it. And so what that's done for me is just led me to write when I when it's fun, like not to make myself, not to have to sit down and, okay, this hour I'm going to write. It's, it's no, it's, it's when I'm inspired and there'll be an idea and I can't wait to sit down and write about it. That's when I write and giving myself that permission and space and really seeing that that's actually the point of it. And hopefully it will make a difference in some people's lives along the way. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're finding your way to do it. I think that's actually another important point because I think I yeah. would be like, oh, I need to schedule an hour in the morning and it's in my schedule and that's the way I would get it done. But yeah. what you're saying is find those moments. Again, it could be on your iPhone. It could be yeah. you know, at, in the middle of the night if you pull a notebook out. So yep. that's such an important, and that's unique to each person, how they might yes. operate. So Absolutely. Yeah, really and another thing I'll just point I'll make on that, Leanna, and this relates to writing the book, but like in the whole general idea about joy in your work and in your life, I have something that I love called pre-paving and it's like getting out ahead of it. So for example, if I'm thinking, you know, today is going to be my writing day. So I spend a lot of time, like, you know, the night before I'm imagining, enjoying that. I'm imagining like the words flowing. I'm imagining getting inspired. I start to think about what I might want to write about. And I call it pre-paving and it's really with anything like with work, with, if I have a big training to give to, you know, 30 staff, teachers, I'm going to be out there thinking about it, pre-paving it, like imagining how do I want those people to walk away feeling? You know, what do I want them to get? How do I want to feel? And and the top of my list is often joyful and being appreciated. Like I want those people to be appreciated. But I think pre-paving is a really cool kind of tool for people to use in, in their lives with getting ready to be ready for whatever event, whatever work thing, whatever you're going on vacation with your family, like let's prepave that so you can imagine it to go the, as smoothly and as well as it could go. 
Absolutely. Yes. I mean, that that's a tool. I've heard about that in the world of positive psychology. It's just really envisioning what what you want to happen or yeah. how, you know, how it could go wrong or any anything. But that just I love yeah. that. I, and I have not heard the term prepaving. I think that's such a great tool. I yeah. So thinking about, well, we mentioned these roadblocks. That's obviously an important theme right now with the, the Monumental Me and this podcast and stuff, because I think that all of these tips helps, you know, people kind of get the, the blocks out of their way. And we also spoke recently, your your book, and I had suggested that you have a chapter called Don't Let Anybody Steal Your Joy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about that concept when things get in your way and how to get around that? Yes, yes, that's a great one, because they do, don't they? Yes. <laughs> we live with people. Oh, my God, people. Yes. can be so annoying. <laughs> so yes, when you have a partner or kids or people that you work with, they could be a roadblock and something can just, you know, get in the way. And so actually I have an example in terms of work. I was, I was hired to do a project and I, it was trainings. I was giving trainings and I, I got in my flow with it. I started to really love doing these trainings. I love how I designed them, how my method and then this year, a new director got hired and this person wanted to do the trainings with me. And she had a whole different way of wanting to do them. So I felt myself tight. I felt myself shutting down, annoyed, angry, upset, feeling like something was totally taken away from me that I loved. And so that was a big roadblock, right? And so one of the things I did was give myself permission just to give it time. Like, cause I think if, if you have any space to give yourself a little time in between an interaction, like we were going to do a training together in like two weeks. So I had time. So I didn't, I got my mind on other things, you know, things, other work, other things I enjoy, gave it space and it allowed me to relax a little bit. And then and then I was able to reach out to her. I was able to think about well, what do I appreciate about doing this with her? Like what what might be the opportunity in doing this with her? And maybe I'll learn something. <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll grow and I'll expand. And so anyway, that is what turned out happening. It was amazing when I, again, I gave myself the space to be where I was in that roadblock and thought about other things, focused on other things, and then circled back to it, you know, when we needed to connect. And then it was amazing. Like she brought so much, you know, of her own knowledge and perspective that I didn't have that was completely different than how I think. And so the two of us together, I think made a great team. And I, and I, the way I did things was new for her. So it was, it turned out to be amazing. So, so that's one example just of, of, I think when, when you're up against something, if you can step back from it and not try to deal with it in that moment or fix it or deal with the person, same in, in our homes, you know, if you can kind of reroute, go a different direction. And sometimes if that's not possible, we're in the midst of things. I know this weekend I had some triggers with my husband and, and just realized I was just going down a, down a tube there. <laughs> down a dark hole, rabbit hole. And I just, at some point, you just have to let go and say, okay, here it goes. <laughs> and then, but the thing that I love is that I know every night when I go to bed, I do my best to clear and meditate and 
clear my mind. And then I know every day is a brand new start. I feel like we get a reset point every single day. If we, if we want to take it, we can create this day in a new way. So morning to me is my favorite because it's like, it's a new day. I can have a completely different day today. And every morning is that opportunity again. We slept overnight, things quieted down, and I can get the momentum going towards things that I want to be focusing on, thinking about experiencing today. Such great advice, definitely. I mean, the the creating space and also the reset is so important and that every day yeah. you have an opportunity to reset. It doesn't make all problems go away. It's just no. charging to help manage right. what needs to be managed, right? Exactly. Because yeah. in life there's stuff in it, in it, but when we reset our minds and the way we're looking at something and our perspective, it can, I always say that broader perspective. And that's why I think joy is so helpful because when I go to, for example, with homeschooling my son, like things could be very, seem very significant in the moment. Like, oh my God, he's not learning anything. Oh no, <laughs> how's he going to make it? But then when I take myself to this broader perspective of, wait a minute, what's really important in life? At the end of the day, like in the big perspective, what am I going to look back and actually remember here? And that's where joy was so helpful. And I think can be so helpful in our lives because it can give us that broader perspective. Okay. Okay. What is actually really important here in life? Absolutely. That is such a great way to kind of wrap all of this up. Actually, my last question to you really is, is there something that you wish people asked you more regularly? What do you want people to know at the bottom line of all of this? Very great question. And what I really want parents to know, people to know, is that every single child, every single person has something special and unique within themselves. And it's not just some people have it, some people don't. It's every human being. So every child and every person. And I want people to know that, that that's within them and that tapping into them, tuning into that, seeing what gives me joy, what gives my children joy and following that path can lead to some pretty amazing things. Great. Well, thank you so much, Emily. I'm going to put some of the resources that we've talked about in the notes, as I said, and I can't wait to have you back to talk about your book <laughs> when yeah, it comes thank out. You, thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Liana. For more information or to join our community, visit our website at monumentalme.com or follow us on Instagram at monumentalme.we. And if you have any suggestions for interviews, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at monumentalme.com.